This is the official Scottish Rugby Podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson as we head into round two of the Guinness Six Nations. Of course, running alongside the senior sides is, of course, the under-20s. So joined now by Kenny Murray, head coach, as we look ahead to the encounter with, with France under the lights at Hive Stadium on Friday night. Kenny, uh, good to see you. We'll come into a wee look back to, to Wales in a minute, a wee look ahead to France, but... Uh, we get a bit of insight, don't we, into the, what the senior squad gets up to, what their camps are effectively like during a, a Six Nations tournament. A wee bit of insight from yourselves then into what the under-20s looks like. Yeah, um, pretty much we are trying as, as well as we can to professionalise the under-20 programme. We had some alignment days in November, so we had the boys in for three Fridays in November. And then we come back into camp on the 2nd of January. And we've been in weekly camps since the 2nd of January. They've been um, non-residential camps, um, because obviously from a finance perspective, you know, making sure we can bring our SQ guys up, etc. So but they're great for us. We've been training at Ravens Craig, indoor facility there, which is a, we've pretty much made that our home for the under 20s. Um, we get full access to it, indoors and outdoors. The gym's great um, and the boys really enjoy it. So we've been training right throughout January that took us up to our um, sort of first game there against Wales. We also had a hit out against Glasgow A at Ravenscraig. Unfortunately, the weather hurt us a little bit that week. It was snowing, but we still managed to get a full contact out against them. So, yeah, really, a really good programme for us. How does that compare to the years gone by? I know you were involved heavily last year, but you've always been the last 10 years, then decade, you've, you've had a... You know, an awareness of the, the age grade system and the, and the young players coming through Scotland the way you work with Glasgow Warriors as well. That to me sounds like you've had more contact time than perhaps years gone by. Yeah, definitely. Getting them in, and obviously, we finished Super Six at the end of November. There was a bit of rest time, recovery. Um, we had a physical development focus at that mm -hmm. time. So, and even though they're not doing rugby, they're still, their programme is still um, focusing towards them getting better for the 20s. So, those alignment days in December, something we've not really done too much of in the past. So, again, just getting that. Um, extra time on task. Um, obviously, they were pretty low key and just working on our clarity. We had a real theme this year around sort sort of getting our clarity right, um, and that gives us confidence to play. So that was our focus in December. So are you residential now? So it was non-residential in November. It's residential now. Everybody's all together. What does that look like? Yeah. So we, as soon as we come into prep for Six Nations, that fit that first week, uh, the week leading into Wales, we then go into residential camp. So. Our week is we come in on a Sunday, um, that's our clarity day, we do that at Orium. So we come in on a Sunday morning, um, do some review uh, preview meetings, train at uh, Orium on a Sunday afternoon, stay over in the hotel into the Monday, train at Ravenscraig on the Monday, and then we go home on the Monday night, um, off on the Tuesday, and then back in Wednesday morning, and we're in Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to play the game. So you really are replicating that professional setup, as you're saying, and yeah. that, that full squad setup. Yeah, and I, th I think that's the key for me. And you know, anyone who watches under twenty rugby, like under twenty rugby, is a high level of rugby. I know people have said that in commentary watching it. So we need to prepare for that. You know, we need to prepare our players both in what games they play and the build up to it, but also in their training program. What's the biggest? What, you need to prepare all of it but is it physically or is it mentally and emotionally that takes the most amount of work to prepare players who probably a lot of maybe haven't played a lot of senior rugby or haven't played a lot of representative rugby and they're playing against players who are either playing Guinness Premiership Top 14 URC there has to be a, a two-pronged approach to physical and the, the emotional side as well 
Yeah, it's a really good point. The physical part of it is, is huge for us. Um, when you watch the games now, the, the size of the players that we play against are, you know, we're well, against we're going to speak about the France So we've been against big men, so that's been a big focus. Our stroke is obviously our sort of head of conditioning for that that under under nineteen twenty program. So we started that sort of physical development way back, you know, about a year ago mm-hmm. for this group, um, and we we've got all the stats now to show that our players and in a much better physical place than they were this time last year. Part of that is about getting more of our under twenty players in the pro academies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's not rocket science to, to realise that if you get guys in full time environments, then it's going to help them develop physically, mm-hmm. technically, tactically. So the the physical things been a real a real uh, um, focus for us, and I think we're in a good position. But yeah, like playing Six Nations, you know th- there is the emotional side of it. For some guys, this is the first Six Nations games they've played, and you know like learning to cope and know that environment, understanding. And we, under, we learned that from the Wales game. The consequences mm-hmm. of errors in international rugby are, are um, so far um, different from playing a club game. You know, if you make a mistake, you will get punished. And I think that's what some of the players really struggle to deal with. I saw, I saw a big improvement in that at the weekend. I know kind of went down to what's the thirty-seven twenty-nine away in Wales, and <clears throat> the lead changed hands eight times. I think yeah. throughout the game, yeah. there was opportunities for for Scotland went ahead fought back from being behind, got ahead again. So that emotional understanding side of it, yes, it was, wasn't was perfect, mm-hmm. but it looked far more developed and a greater understanding of how to exit, when to, how to play into the wind, how to play, Composed. you know, yeah, it's yeah. a composure to it. Not perfect, bit of work to do, but in terms of previous years where I've always felt that the opening game of Six Nations has been a bit erratic and by the end of the, the five games, you see the structure. It looked to me, and I'm sure you'll be you'll pick out of it that, that, were, that frustrated yeah. you but there was a better clarity I think around that game understanding Yeah and we, when we reviewed back the game we, we spoke about similar stuff there we spoke about um, maybe in previous years if we went to try down you know we sometimes struggled to come back quickly from that but on two of the scores we conceded uh, against we, right we, we scored within five That's minutes bit, yeah. of yeah. each of those scores so you know, we, we spoke about that and how well we, we did in the game to do that Um and again, as I said, I thought our game management at times was excellent. I thought Murdoch, um, particularly at nine in the first half, you know, he played a really mature game. His kicking game was excellent. With a focus, and we've got our focus around our kick, our kick battle stuffs. We call it love the chase. So mm-hmm. it's about getting really excited about you know working on our kick chase and winning the ball back. So the line out tries as well. I mean, it's in terms of the, the training ground to, to the pitch to the to the match. It's a yeah, no, definitely. I mean, obviously, we scored a, f- a few tries, some line-out drives. You know, everyone who knows Ferg, Ferg Pringle loves a line-out <laughs> drive. Um, I think Ferg would let drive the ball from his own 22. <laughs> he almost did for the first try. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so, no, it's a real strength for Wales. Um, I remember last year against Wales when we played them at Scotston, we actually drove a, a line-out for about 30 metres, 40 metres. Mm-hmm. So. That was probably Ferg's moment at Six Nations. So, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we we did a lot of good things at the game against Wales, but as, as Mossy says, there's, there's still a lot to work on. A couple I'd like to highlight, and it, it's something I'd like to see more in the, the professional game and the, the senior international game. It's a bugbear of mine when you get close to the line, it's pick and go, pick and go, pick and go, and it becomes a, you know, it, there's a discipline that you have to retain possession, obviously, <clears throat> and the defence have to be behind the line on side. But two year tries, I think it was uh, Elliot Young's second try, I think. And Kerry O'Shry, where you were close to that pick and go, but then one was a, a tip, I think, yeah. from Rudy Hart, was yeah. it tipped, or Hugh McVie tipped it on, and the other one was almost like a loop play, changing the picture. That looks simple, it's massively effective, two tries, but there's a lot of detail and 
composure yeah. that goes into that. That was another area where I thought understanding the game and changing the picture was quite innovative. It was, yeah, no, it was good. again, like we our, our attack in the 22 is what we call it, our hammer pattern. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but there's options around that. Options around that. We look at you know playing the same way, but having sort of knife options back in the short side. So what happens a lot of time in 22 is teams will fold really yeah. hard. So we'll, we're always scanning it to see if we can pick teams off and a knife back. And then we, we you know, when we get into our pick and go pattern, we'll have a what we call a truck pattern mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe we'll hit that forward, but then they will give the, the ball go back to nine in the loop, and that's where we scored the try. Um, but that takes, one. that takes so much time on task. Mm-hmm. It sounds, well, sound, probably sounds confusing with all the calls we're yeah. saying, but actually executing that under pressure, five metres for the opposition line, when you've either just fallen behind or you're trying to extend your lead, there's an example of, what we're saying about the time and task, the time in camp, the understanding, the clarity. It doesn't have to always be trained physically when you're belting yeah. lumps at each other. But the discipline to do that, I thought, was really good for an open game with Six Nations. And we'll need it going ahead with the, with the games that we'll face. But it was, uh, I thought it was really good. With experience as well comes that um, confidence to be able to change the, the change what's happening in that moment. So with the under twenties, you've got um, less experience, as we as is obviously the case. How do you balance that between making sure that the coaching plan is adhered to to some degree, but there's also that confidence and that flexibility within the play for them to be able to to, to make changes yeah. if that's required. Yeah, I mean a lot of that's through your your sort of week to week training program. Um, we've had a real focus this year in doing when we reflected back last year, we felt we maybe didn't do uh, enough fifteen on fifteen, um, a lot of scenario planning. So we'll do a lot of 15 on 15 at training, we'll do scenarios in 22s depending on how teams are defending. Um, but just you know, just getting the clarity around it, and that's the key, you know, as, as Mossy's saying there, it doesn't just happen, you know, you've got to work at it. Um, I think Murdoch is an experienced nine who is playing down in, in, in Bath, he knows how to play the game. Isaac's young, he's only Isaac's only I think just eighteen, so he's learning a game every time he comes to training. So it's just just working at it, training, and then putting in scenarios we're under pressure and having to make decisions under pressure. That's that's how we improve it. It's the only way to do it, isn't it? Is having the opportunity to <coughs> yeah, <laughs> training yeah. It's only, just it's only even, happen games, isn't but it? even something as simple as you're saying there, getting fifteen on fifteen at training mm. time is invaluable. But it's only invaluable if you have the depth of talent to make it mm. meaningful. Sometimes you get 15 on 7, 15 on 10, or you get 15 15, but there's potentially a drop-off in ability. And the starting team who have to work together, get the cohesion, are so much stronger than the, the 7 or 8 against them. But to get the depth throughout Scottish rugby, or whichever team you're involved in, that's really important. Mm. You have to make training like a game so you can yeah. learn and understand and make decisions under pressure. Is it, we keep talking about depth, but it's so vital that we, we produce players to tell out you train effectively to, to win effectively. And who are playing as you're as you're saying in the Premiership? Who are playing uh, with with bigger clubs too? Who have got that opportunity yeah. where they're they're <coughs> consolidating all of their training yeah. that they're getting effectively. And then you add injuries on top of that as well. <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to lose players. You maybe lost one or two yeah. already as opposition too. So that resilience and that injury, it's a it's a big commitment. Um, yeah, and I think that's right. been a good thing. Going back to our training program, that we. Every every session from November through to December and uh, into January, we've always had fifteen on fifteen mm. because, as you said, it's such a big part of the game. Mm. No point trying to do anything against fifteen v eight. It's not the game. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, as well, the twenties is such a huge part of the production line. It's, it's it's the it's the main part of the production line before the last bit, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and in terms of that, so when you see the guys coming through, you've got eighteen year olds. You've got as that journey that you see them go on to get to that last point. I suppose, uh, from your own perspective, do you 
do you enjoy that part? Rugby development's been a huge part of your career. Mm -hmm. So I guess ultimately this is the best job for you, um, seeing that evolution and seeing their skills come to fruition and their maturity effectively. Yeah, I mean, it's, I suppose any coach does nothing better than seeing a player really thrive in an international environment. Um, Gregor, I'm imagining, the same year when he watches his players play. Um, it's the amount of work the guys put in. Like, you know, you look at some of the youngsters there, the, the commitment they've had playing school rugby, club rugby, you know, coming to training for regional teams, district teams, and then getting an opportunity to play nationally. Um, we've got some, I mean, I'm really proud of the players, like how they performed at the weekend, the commitment they showed, the physicality they showed. Um, so, like, you know, I get, I get really proud every time I watch them, and I get excited when I watch them as well. Like, you know, guys at the weekend, like guys like Ferg Watson, you know, Ferg Watson for me showed signs of real, real quality at international rugby level. And, Already, I'm looking at him going. There's, yeah, there's another pool. international yeah, fullback yeah. for Scotland. Exactly another same. Chris Patterson. He's <laughs> <laughs> far, far stronger than I ever was. But I, honestly, I, I thought I know you don't like coaches don't want to name players individually. But I thought it was brilliant, brave, great in the air. But his decision making went to counter attack. His meters after contact. Mm -hmm. He was quite slight. Mm -hmm. He was a tall, strong player, but quite slight. But his ability to make meters after contact and just refused to surrender the attacker was brilliant to set up one of the, the, the tries at that but yeah. Kerr Yule again the midfielder's got a bit of experience Elliot Young scored two tries but Liam uh, McDonald, uh, McConnell written down Ewan McBee I thought it was really good Murdoch Lot you've mentioned but Freddie Douglas as well yeah. Yeah. Like, these are players who are outstanding players who've worked hard as Kenny says have made the sacrifices to come through and, and they'll all be knocking on the door you know, in terms of professionally and, and internationally hopefully in the next two or three years as well as can he, loads of others. That's just one's for opening weekend they've picked it. Yeah, and again, like you know, guys, you know, obviously guys like Jack Brown is another exciting well, prospect. Well, I was thinking when he back, through. he just picked up a shoulder, a shoulder knock in training, so we're hoping he's back in a. He's few a full weeks. back as well, so he compete with Ferg Watson. Yeah, and I think <laughs> the thing that excites me there, even the players you've mentioned there, mostly like you know Isaac Coates, for example, yeah. um, Hector Patterson, um, Ferg Watson, Kerr mm -hmm. Yule. These guys are all under nineteen. Mm -hmm. all, they've all got two years at under twenty. Mm -hmm. So that that's exciting for you. You know, it's, that's, that really gets me excited about how good those guys could actually be. It's a project as well, isn't it? That's that's the ultimate thing with it. It's a, it's a, it's a project yeah. in, in terms of. I say this every year, and I'm probably boring people if they, <laughs> if they remember what I, what I say. But one of the, the the most important things for a player, and I've said this, I've been invited in years ago to present jerseys to under twenties before a game and, and I said like the potential time between you getting under 20s jersey and playing international rugby it may never happen you may never play international rugby it could be weeks or months mm. like Cam Wynette who played last week and mm. for, for Wales played in the, the 20s game last mm. year at this time like mm -hmm. it, it literally is weeks or months mm. before you could be asked to deliver on the biggest stage and and I think having that and you meant you you mentioned a journey it has to be in the back of your mind like it, it may never come you want it to come it might be two, three years. Traditionally, I think we would, when I played, it was under 21 rugby, and you quite often, maybe the year after you're under 21 rugby, the culmination of under 21 rugby, would break into the national squad if if you were able to, or the year after that. Now, because under 20 rugby is a wee bit younger, it potentially takes longer, but we've seen this weekend already that it, it can be within a year that yeah. you're asked to develop and, and deliver, and that, that's a journey they're all on. And, I mean, on to next weekend, though. I mean, it's so, France, here. Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting smile. We spoke a minute ago about <laughs> before we started Ken recording. and I have both yeah. watched the France uh, Ireland and their 20s game from the weekend. Open Ireland weekend. won uh, obviously on the road. That was a repeat of the World Junior yeah, Championship Junior final as well. Yeah. It's a pretty impressive level, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a great advert for under 20 rugby. I mean, every, 
when when we talk about under twenty rugby, and I mean, I'm always trying to get folk to understand the level mm. that it is and the quality of player it's required to play under twenty rugby. I think the Ireland um, France game at the weekend was a great example of it. You know, every player in the part, you no know, real quality, the the physicality that you know both teams showed throughout the game. And you know, interestingly enough, Ireland had an eighteen year old lock playing from at six foot ten. So right away, you know, they <laughs> they've already got young guys in there at that age playing. He's, he'll probably have maybe two years possibly three years at that level. So brilliant advert for under twenty rugby, really physical, you know, our boys watched it and, you know, you we know it's going to be a tough challenge, but, you know, our, we've already spoke about this week as a brilliant opportunity for us. You know, our, we've talked about our sort of anchor mindset about, you know, going toe to toe with France mm -hmm. and really embracing the physical challenge that's going to come down. So testing yourselves against that level of physicality. They, they must be relishing that. Yeah, no, and, and we, we showed a, a video on um, on Sunday night from sort of clips from last year and they also clips from the Ireland uh, France game on Saturday night. You know, we when we played them over there last year, you know, I think thirty three minutes played, we were only one try down, yeah. you know. We gave away a soft try just before half time and one after half time that killed the game. But you know, we were right in the game for, for thirty three minutes. So um, yeah, listen, you, you can't hide away from the reality, which is they're a, they're a very strong rugby nation at the moment. They've got lots of players to pick from. Um, thankfully, one or two of them might be playing with the France senior side uh, at Murrayfield. Um, but you know, our boys are looking forward to it. The uh, Tulangi, the, who got his first cut, 145 kgs or whatever it was, last weekend against yeah, Ireland. Yeah, like, yeah. He was, he's eligible for under 20s, isn't he's he? He's eligible for under 20. Yeah. Can you hope he's in the national team? Right? I'm hoping I, I, when I, when I saw Will Emza get injured and I thought, right, at least that means that Tulangi <laughs> will be back in again. So, um, but yeah, like, you know, that's, that's what you're up against. That's, that's the standard the player you're up against. That's the, that's that's the reality. The yeah. Yeah. But the size, you mentioned that game last year and just uh, over in France, and I remember watching it, and it was. The physicality, but it was an offloading game mm. when they got a sniff of getting that yeah. little bit yeah. go forward through the physicality, through the footwork. I thought some of their offloading game they came alive. And Carbono, the nine, whose dad used to play for for, for France, was playing last year. He's still playing, playing again this year. year. Yeah. I think Fert, yeah. is it Fert, the fullback? Yeah, played yeah. last year. Yeah. Small guy, a wee bit like Bruce Doolan, brilliant player. So, so they've got a bit of guile as well as that that physical power. So I, I, can, I can't, can't wait game, for that game. I, I think I you know it's. It's going to be a big crowd at Hive as well. Yeah. There's yeah. over five thousand tickets sold already. Or I mean, there's, there are still a few left, I believe. Yeah. But I would, I, yeah. But well, I've got mine to watch. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be a good game. Was, um, yeah, listen, as I said, we know it's going to be a tough challenge, but you know that's Six Nations rugby. You got to get excited about challenges like this. What do you find that you learn about the players before these these big occasions? Then, because it is the it's the gateway, isn't it, to the to the the biggest stage. So when they're getting ready for. Hive when they're they're gearing up for a, a, a match um, in front of a bigger crowd. Do you learn a bit about how each of them handles that pre-match moment? And are you usually is you are you usually on like right on with what your assessment of them is going to be? How they're going to? Um, yeah, I mean every 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 player prepare differently the buckets. for the games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the days of. Um, you know, people headbutting each other and smashing <laughs> against the walls like they're they're gone. I think unless you're French, unless you're French, possibly <laughs> I. Um, but I think players tend to be generally pretty relaxed. You know, the key things about you know um, having a good warm up like that that's been obviously important for us. Um, warming up well, um, coming back into changing them, and then be relaxed. You in order to perform well, you need to be in a, a you know you need to be relaxed and ready to go in a good frame of mind. You know, we talk about learning and understanding and emotional development of the game. It, it, it's funny because. Even a simple thing like playing representative rugby, the the time it takes from leaving the changing room, that, that kind of climatic mm. moment of leaving the changing room, and you probably do beat your chest a wee bit, to actually kick off could be like 
four or five minutes. That's true. So you have to get your emotional behaviour right, especially if you're playing international rugby where it could be anthems and... 15 minutes for all of them. Yeah, introduced to to dignitaries. So you can't... In the club game, the point of emotional excitement and ready to go is when you leave the changing rooms. And in an international game, under 20 as well, Mm. you have to temper that. So you have to be prepared and experienced that, listen, we have to get it right for kickoff, not to get out and stand on the touchline for... Eight, seven or eight minutes and such a good point it's, it's, it's so and that's where the experience of the coaches and the experience of other yeah. players it helps because it's a different game and it's not sustainable to maintain that level energy no, no, from especially high like where it. you've got the yeah uh, we're not, we're not going to beat France in the changing room exactly. we're going to beat them when we go on the pitch is that whether it's a first kick chase or whether it's a first you know kick reception that's what we should be focusing on mm. right at the start of games not as Mossy said French guys batting the head off brick walls the personalities we have mentioned briefly, we, we do get to know them uh, quite well over the course of a career, effectively. But at this point, at under twenties level, do you do you get get to see that side of them de- developing as to the ones that are the chatty ones, the ones that are cohesive in terms of keeping the group together with their energy, with who's their the like, basically who's <laughs> yeah. the who's the who's the, the captain of crack? Yeah, there's some real characters <laughs> like Finn Douglas is a real character. I really I really like Finn. Um, like he's just got that real border mindset you know he's you know just a jack the lad type player um but he's really really good he's always relaxed you know he's he's just a guy that you know just you want to have in your environment it brings other guys up there'll be guys that are you know get Ru Hart who's a really smart player but you know doesn't say an awful lot but you know when he does say it, it it's important and then Liam Liam's the sort of guy who you know if players would follow him to the end, leads, end from the front, from back, yeah. leads from the front you know what is it about him um I think Liam, he's, he's work rate and his effort, you know, people talk about work rate and effort, a lot of folk might say, like, you know, that's a non-negotiable, you know, everyone should have it, but work rate and effort is something in rugby that I think it can get you get you a long way. You know, I've seen players in the pro game that, you know, maybe not have been as talented as someone next to them, but the work rate and effort has got them, you know, right through to the top level. Liam's work rate and effort has, you know, he's the sort of guy that, you know, will, will play for his teammates, he'll empty himself in the pitch. Uh, he's also a re- he's also a really good rugby player, you know, physically, you know, he's parts of his game he needs to develop. But you know, I look at him; he's a guy that players will follow, and that's why we made him captain again this year, because we know that people, you know, will get behind him and go wherever he wants to go. So, um, you know, like him, I think, um, you know, guys like Isaac, young guys like him, you know, he's just learning. He's very quiet. He's trying to get him to come out of his shell a bit has been a big a big focus for us. But you know, I just get excited about how good guys like that are. You know, he's he's so exciting as a young player. Um, benefited as we're saying earlier on from playing some Super Six games this year. Um, he's made mistakes in Super Six. You know his first game, he, he missed a kick in front of the post against mm. the Knights. And the Knights at Greenyard. But you know that the way I see that is that's a great learning mm-hmm. for him. That's a brilliant learning for him. He'll no, he'll no make that mistake ever again in his career probably. So yeah, I get really excited. It's a real good group of players, quite mixed. But it's you know you want to have characters, you want to have the serious guys, but then you want to have the players that folk are going to really follow. And it's also not six nations full international so there has to be downtime mm, that's the other that's, that's the other yeah. learning like again mm-hmm. when you're so pride and passionate about playing for your country at an age grade level you you think you have to be at that heightened state of excitement from sunday when you come into yeah. camp to the game on the friday you, you got to get away from it and that's where How the kind of well you, you just learn because you'll be burnt out by the tuesday if you don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. your yeah. performance yeah. is the friday it's not sustainable and i think there's a there's almost this accept this expectation like for me as a player when i played age gate rugby if you're not really serious all the time and yeah. focused and switched in you don't really feel as if you're committing entirely to it you've got to be able to switch on and off and the best 
advice, no advice, the best example of that for me, and I'm going back a long time, was Gary Armstrong, like the yeah. most committed player I've ever seen, yeah. ever played against, ever played alongside, and outside his training windows, and outside his playing windows, he was as daft as a camera, just <laughs> brilliantly enthusiastic, warm personality, fun, but my God, he knew, he knew how to switch on and off, and that's another how to release. Uh, oh, aye. <laughs> aye, it was it was good fun, but when you see him in the field, there's no fun. It's real, and it's another message through the, the fun they have and the activities they do. You know what? You have to switch off through the week because you have to switch on at Friday night when the game comes. What would your reflection uh, at the end of the the Six Nations? What would be a successful tournament for you? Um, obviously, listen, this is international. We want to win games, like you know, not hide away from facts. We want to win games, um, so that's our, our goal: is to win games and play well. We want to improve as a team. We want to improve as individuals. So like, those are easy things we can measure. We've got the Junior World Trophy coming up in July. So we want to be in a, a really good position to go in there and win that. So we've got lots of goals for Six Nations. You know, it's not just about winning the game. It's about getting better as a team, improving as individuals, and then getting in a really good position to win the Junior World Trophy. Um, and it's not exactly like you're going to have far to travel. Yep, it's um, <laughs> a little clo- bit, little bit closer than Kenya, Nairobi last year. <laughs> Yeah, so um, yeah, having it in, having it in Scotland is going to be great. I think, you know, one for the boys to play in front of friends and families. I think that'll be great for them. You know, and hopefully big crowds at that time of year as well. You know, summer better weather. Hopefully we can put on a really good show. So yeah, looking forward to it. It's just great for clubs as well to be able to have mm-hmm. that on the doorstep. It's the fact that this is happening in July at Hive Stadium. I just yeah. think it's brilliant. It's a great way to showcase all levels of the game. We've got. The women there, we've got Edinburgh there, we've got, you know, the senior squad here in the bowl at Scottish Gas Murrayfield, we've got the under-20s and, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I remember um, I worked as a development officer back when we actually hosted the Junior World mm-hmm. Championships, under-21 it mm-hmm. was at the time, um, and I think a country had pulled out at the last minute, so Scotland um, sort of held it, and Scottish Rugby did a great job in partnership with local authorities and clubs, and the club I remember at Carfer Queen's Park, we became one of the host mm-hmm. venues, but the... I just remember the buzz about it. You know, I remember the crowds that used to come to the games, and you know, and some of the stars that were were playing then. And all went on to become international rugby players. In fact, I think one of our own staff, Ben Atinger, I think he yeah, played in yeah. that as well. Yeah. So, it, that's right. yeah. So I think I just think it's going to be great for for the game in Scotland to grow the game and develop. When was that? That was 2001? 21, 22 years ago. Yeah. yeah. You, were, you were. You were. You were. Just to highlight 15. the point, not that I'm a rugby <laughs> geek, but Ben Atinger played rugby World Cup for. All Blacks. Yes, he did. In 2003. That's right. Within a, a season, a season and a half after that. And you're right, the the, the quality standard on show from a, from a player, but actually, something I think for supporters and rugby fans, they almost take a lot of pride in identifying or seeing a player that goes on to play international rugby. You can say, oh, I watched him in the, or her in the under 20s. Mm. There's, there's a real. You get to be a, a scout bit. for the stands, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah, you, you almost feel a bit, oh, yeah, I remember that game you played when you were 19. It, it just makes, a, a, I suppose, a, a bit of a connection between the, with the fans and the younger players who hopefully go on and play international rugby. Well, Kenny, thanks very much indeed and all the very best for this weekend. So, of course, Scotland under-20s take on France at Hive Stadium. That one under the lights at 8pm on Friday. And then two weeks later, it's back to Hive Stadium for a 7.15 kick-off as Scotland under-20s take on England. Tickets for both games are available from scottishrugby.org and as always you can head there for the latest news and content or check out Scottish Rugby's social media channels.